Hello, we're back. Hello. Yes. We Oh my god. We died and um it's been 82 years. <laughs> I <laughs> If we sound much much older, that's because we are. Um no, I actually got vocal cord rejuvenation surgery, so I sound just, I sound the same. Aww. Um but yeah, you just sound a little bit older. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> Hi, Sunny. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Andre? I am great. But, dude, we haven't talked in a while, for real. I don't think um, you listeners understand. Um, Sunny and I hate each other. So we literally <laughs> only talk to each other when we're recording. And beyond that, we don't exist. I, I have no idea if she's dead, alive, yeah. nothing. No, we're so, literally like ghosts who only take form to, to record this podcast. I've been good, though. <laughs> um gosh yeah i got a kitten that's my big update and she is so cute loving my life you may hear her today Uh we'll see um but yeah i've been obsessed with her i found her in the parking lot where i work actually someone just abandoned her and she was four weeks which is too young for a kitten to be on their own so i've been sort of fostering her i had to give her some milk and stuff last week it was very cute um okay people who have been animals jail no, literally, no mercy. Also, she's such a good cat. Like, I love her. She's so smart and, like, adorable. I just can't believe someone left her out there. And it was hot out. It was, like, in the 90s. And she was left on, like, the hot asphalt in the, yeah, in the parking lot. I just can't believe it. Terrible. Dude, I'll do you one worse. The first cat I ever had was because my mom was on the way to the grocery store. And she, while well, walking there, she found a box with a cat in it in the middle of the road um that someone had put there for someone to kill the cat someone to run over the cat and my mom yeah took it and that was her first cat oh my gosh that's so lucky that your mom stopped to check (laughs) i know but like who does that no exactly and with this kitten too she was like right where traffic could have hit her you know i just can't with people who uh anyway okay you know what let me change the tune, or otherwise, otherwise I'm gonna get stressed and I'm gonna start screaming. <laughs> um, hi everybody, welcome to Scary Talk episode 99. Okay, Ooh. fucking, I cannot believe we're here. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. Ugh. I ah, uh, oh my god, my mic is falling apart. Um, I am both sad, excited. Um, well, I guess those are the only two emotions. Happy. Um, all of those, all of the above. It's crazy. Um. But anyway, thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for sticking. Um, let's let's get this uh, show started. Um, Sunny, I need to talk to you about uh, Britney Spears. So yes. <laughs> we have a lot to catch up on uh, as so far as her. Off, so Britney, Andre was right all ahead. these years. Let's just put that out there. Andre <laughs> has been behind this for much longer I, than anyone else. I will take my pats on the back in the form of uh venmo transactions you guys can venmo me i will um <laughs> link that in the description of the show notes <laughs> venmo andre I'll for stay being cash right. app. um <laughs> you have to venmo him with the caption you told me so yes although um uh okay, yes i was right Obviously, I was not the first person to think this, you know, like the idea that Britney was being kept prisoner in her own home basically came from someone else. And then I like took to it because I thought it was really real. It turns out it was. But obviously, 
Um, this is way, 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 way bigger. But anyway, sh uh, there's been a shit ton that's happened. And long story short, uh, her dad, Jamie Spears, has motioned to end the conservatorship, which is crazy because what Britney had been doing so far was only petitioning to take her dad off of the conservatorship altogether, but not dissolve the thing itself. And... Uh, but which she was gonna do later, but it was she was doing like little step by little step. But her dad comes out of nowhere, even though he's been super opposed to ending the conservatorship. And all of a sudden, I'm guessing because his lawyers told him that like you either do this or you're gonna get your ass burned. Um, he was like, nope, I'm only in the court to end the conservatorship. I think my daughter is fine now and she can take care of herself. Even though a month ago she was like, she's crazy, she needs me. So That's and I, I think it's because. Yeah, him and his lawyers know that there's a fucking storm coming and he can either save himself the time and money now or fight it and still lose because he's going to lose. Like, all the public support that is happening right now, I know that um, the the common notion is that uh, judges uh, shouldn't be swayed by any public opinion or important happening, but... I just don't think that's the case. And I think you know when you're an attorney representing a very bad client that if the public opinion isn't in your favor, there's a very high likelihood that that's also going to affect you inside the courtroom. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it's so sad to think this is her whole life, you know, being a child star and then growing up and still, like, working and having her money go to her child. father. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It makes me sad, but I want to focus more on the fuck Jamie Spears part and also the yeah. happier part of this, which is that now that it's um, the conservatorship is not technically but effectively over, um, uh, Britney Spears uh, just got engaged yes. to her, yeah, to her now fiance um, Sam Ashgari, which they've been dating for like years, and um, yeah, I know it's funny because I'm happy for her. There were a lot of people on Twitter, though, that expressed concern of, like, you just got out of this, and now you're going to, like, get married with someone, like, that's going to control you. And I'm like, one, marriage, completely different than a conservatorship. Mm -hmm. And two, Samish Gari himself, in response to these comments, said that, like, they're getting a very, they're getting a very comprehensive prenuptial agreement. And I was like, great. Good for, <laughs> good for both of you, I guess. That's cute. Um, but yeah, she couldn't get married if her dad didn't allow it under the conservatorship. It's insane, and she wanted to get married and possibly have more kids, which she also couldn't do. And remember, they put a fucking what was it a, IUD. a contraceptive device? Yeah, yeah, in her and like, it's insane. This is like some medieval shit. But anyway, now she can do these things, and I'm happy for Brittany. And this is basically the end of a saga. I cannot believe we're here. I know, wow, isn't it perfect that this wrapped up in time for our second to last episode? <laughs> 99 of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, um, uh, spoilers. This is actually why we wait a month to record each episode <laughs> because we want to make sure the Britney saga ends and we can cover it. Yeah, we really, really this was a timing move. Ah, <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. I actually uh, like really felt something in my heart when I saw the, the news that she was um, engaged in the, the, the motion for the conservatorship to it. And I was like, holy fuck. Like damn and the free britney movement i'm sure they feel super proud of themselves which i guess i consider myself a part of so yes i am proud that i kept this running even though there were people that were like no you're crazy especially during the earlier years like it's just a conspiracy theory there's nothing to it etc um anyway let's talk about madonna now 
Oh, what's going on with Madonna? Uh, so yeah, let's talk about Madonna's ass, okay? Uh, really quickly. So, it's huge. <laughs> okay, did you watch the VMAs? No. Okay, well, I'll send you a clip so you can watch it after the show. Mm -hmm. um, no, actually, I'll send you a clip now. <laughs> it's about 15 seconds or so. Perfect. Um, and she was basically invited um, just to open the VMAs. It's literally her on the stage just for 30 seconds being like, welcome, this is a big night, whatever. But, bro, her <laughs> outfit, um, okay. Okay. Looks incredible. How old is she? She's 62. Oh my god. Oh. My god. That Dude, okay. was <laughs> out of pocket. That was Literally. crazy. <laughs> okay. Have you seen the movie, the, the DreamWorks animated film Robots from 2006? Yes, I love Robots. It's okay. so good. <laughs> okay, this is literally the grandma with a huge fucking ass in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you remember her? What was her name? Oh my god, I don't know. No, I know. But I can envision that, that, exactly, yes. Yes, the, the, it's the robot grandma with a huge trunk. Um... What in the seven hells is going on with Madonna? Listen, I love her. Icon, we stand. But, like, bro, if you thought Nicki Minaj's ass looked fake back in 2014 when she got those huge cakes implanted, Madonna looks ridiculous. Uh, and it's not because I'm ageist and, like, she looks... And, and she's old and, like, old women can't have, you know, Brazilian butt lifts. It's not because of that. It's because her implants are fucking huge. Um, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> That was such but a honestly, shock, too. I was just... It was like I was slapped in the face as she turned around. <laughs> like, they hit me, you know? That was crazy. Oh, my gosh. Okay, if you, if you think about it, honestly, this is kind of a very smart move. Because there's no way Madonna doesn't know that she looks a little bit ridiculous. Also, her face. Like, she got cheekbone implants, and they're, they're very... Uh, uh, prominent and so she looks kind of alien uh, there's no way she doesn't know that she looks a little bit you know in, like alien mm -hmm. but I think that's what she's trying to go for actually I think it's intentional I think she's trying I mean, you know it makes people talk here we are talking about it so that's yeah. true. and the thing is like alien like what's alien by regular people standards by our standards I feel like in LA is probably a little more normal. You know, everyone in LA gets lip fillers, like gets the Brazilian butt lift, whatever else. Maybe some like, yeah. So especially among like women celebrities, there's just a lot of pressure with that, I feel like. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's almost like a cultural thing too, just from being being a celebrity for so long and having to keep up with that. I definitely think I definitely think that's what it is. It's her trying to keep up with the Kylie Jenners and the whatever you want. But I disagree that it is like the norm in LA. Mm. I well, I, I am very into plastic surgery, not <laughs> doing it, but judging other people for it because that's me. And so I look at a lot of stuff and you know a lot of the procedures that celebrities that live in LA get. And Madonna. Um, it's not the norm. Like, she did take it a step further. Like, if you look at her Instagram, if you scroll for a second, her cheekbone implants are very prominent. Mm. And her ass is not... She's not trying to make it look real at all. Um, or, I don't know. So, no. I think it is a step... At least a little bit of a step further, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I think again she's doing it intentionally and again it works we're talking about it so whatever uh, good for her though she looks uh, great for 62 she looks more like 40 if you take out like kind of like the alienness of her face um, she you know her skin looks great this is like her fourth facelift and it it was good the surgeon did a good ass job um, we are in full support yeah, of Adonis facelift her. here no I yeah I really do an icon truly um, I just, I can't wait to see what she looks like when she's 70, and that's not even to be shady, I'm just genuinely curious. Um, like, you can, you can see a very clear change in the facial features of Cher from age, like, 40 to 50. That's when, like, uh, the, the true change, ha and that's the face she still has now. And I want, I wonder what Madonna's gonna look like in 8, 10 years, but, um, anyway... <laughs> Me too. We'll have to have an assassination. No. Or we'll have to have a. Uh, oh my god! I almost said we have to have an assassination. We'll have to have a reunion to discuss. Um, oh come god. back here. Okay. Speaking of assassination, but not quite. <laughs> um, Madonna did say at an award show a couple years ago that um, she was the last living legend, and people should appreciate her before she dies. And people on Twitter were like, "Oh my god, that's so self-absorbed! Like, how can you say that about yourself when you're alive?" And I'm like, "How can you not say that about yourself when you're Madonna? Like, she's fucking right. It, did she lie? Yeah. Um, she is the last. You know, if you're, if you're thinking of like Prince, Michael Jackson, David Bowie, she is the last icon from the '80s, basically. And and the 80s was like fucking revolutionary for pop music and so she's a huge fucking deal and she's still alive and she's right we don't really appreciate her that much um we just call her uh call her like weird looking and you're old and grandma and whatever and um i think a lot of that clouds uh her musical output like i don't know that a lot of people paid attention to 2018's madam x um mainly because madonna's old and you know the mainstream isn't gonna push an old person because they don't think that's what's gonna sell to teens and teens are the ones who buy music so uh i understand where the music industry is coming from you know it, uh they're trying to make money i get their point of view but it is shitty that basically your age especially when you're a woman in hollywood it discounts your artistic output mm -hmm. no absolutely true i mean same thing that britney's dealt with but i, I mean not same thing but same misogyny <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that and any other prominent female celebrity on Facebook. On, on Facebook, oh my god, on Hollywood. But we already knew that. Um, uh, okay. Uh, uh, something, please interrupt me if you have something that you want to bring up. But I have a couple things I want to bring up. That's why I'm just kind of like rapid firing them. Mm -hmm. I need to talk about gay. Okay. So, hi, gay. Um, <laughs> okay, Lil Nas X. Okay, I don't know if you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because I know you're not always on the account. Okay, so I, I, I have seen I his child. I've seen, I've been listening. Oh, I didn't see you post on the account about it. I posted on, on our story last night that this is now a Lil Nas X stan account. Mm -hmm. because, because it is. And that's on period. And one after episode 100, it's literally a Lil Nas X finsta. Like, it's just. Wait, I love finsta, that. Sorry, that is account. so perfect. Yeah, no. Yeah. Full support for that. <laughs> Okay, I need to give some love to this guy, and it's uh, kind of weird that it's taking me this long to kind of come around. I think it's, well, it's really not my fault, because, like, he used a lot of shock marketing for a lot of his stuff, and so I kind of, like, didn't take him very seriously. And then fucking um, Sun, Sun Goes Down 
the second single from his new album and then industry baby dropped and now that's what i want to drop so three singles and i'm like I'm, i've really warmed up to him and now i love him like it's um it is the gay and poc representation that the mainstream needed for so long and that i wish i saw when i was a fucking kid mm-hmm. um like i don't know if you've seen his new music video that he literally dropped last night with the album called that's what i want oh i haven't um, seen that but one. Okay, but if you've seen Montero, people freaked out because he was, like, twerking on the devil, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I do that every Saturday night. And then um, Sun Goes Down wasn't provocative. It was kind of an emo song. But then he drops Industry Baby, which I'm sure you also saw recently. Industry Baby, he's in prison, and all the guys dancing behind him and himself are naked. So that's kind of like a step up from Montero, if you think about it. Now it's full-on male nakedness, and the fucking, like like right wingers couldn't take it it was a whole thing i go on twitter every time something like this happens because it's fucking hilarious and then um he drops his video last night for that's what i want and let me tell you (laughs) bro you want to talk about a step further like this guy's a fucking genius he saved the best for last or rather the most scandalous for last but still but still not so insane that you can't put it on a music video you know Mm -hmm. and i was shook and i died and then i came back to life he um there's gay sex in the music video, <laughs> straight up. Um, wh- when have you ever seen that in a mainstream music video for a mainstream artist backed by a mainstream label? Mm-hmm. Never. Um, dude, I shook in my boots. I died and I came back to life. It's insane. That's um, amazing. Wow. He, I honestly think he's also just so funny. Like, he's really got his finger on the pulse of, like what is funny what people are into you know he's amazing i yeah his his twitter timeline is funny like it's it's funny he's very self-aware and that is very funny and also makes the haters kind of like um powerless because he he makes fun he he, you know he he makes fun of himself all the time exactly Um, he really is like all the best parts of gen z in a person the gay the funny i know but Anyway, you have to watch this music video after the show. Dude, I I, I was expecting something because it was him, but I was not expecting that. And it really, this sounds so fucking cheesy and like a lot of people may not get it, but like it really was impactful. <laughs> like gay mm-hmm. sex in a music video was impactful for me because you have never seen that ever mm-hmm. on like a fucking anything. Not anything of importance at least that's in the mainstream in America. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God. This guy's breaking down barriers. Give him all the money. Give him all the success. You know, God bless. Yeah, and it's so incredible. Um, Like, that's one of those things, again, like, you don't actively think, like, oh, I'm only going to see gay sex if I specifically look for it in porn. You know? That's not something that's, like, on your mind. But then you see it, and it's, yeah, I can definitely see that. That's just so, yeah, really cool. And then, you know, conservatives are going to be like, oh my god this is the worst thing ever like we don't mind you being gay just just never ever show it in mainstream media or have me like even possibly be able to see it or i'll be pissed because i only want to watch that in private in my room and never tell anyone about it you know the video just dropped last night so i'm sure the reactions are coming in today and i can only imagine if they thought montero was scandalous and they were ripping their hair out because of it this is gonna like like put them into like a coma or something i um it's crazy. And, and when, it's, when I say gay sex, it's not like you can actually see a dick. Mm-hmm. It's just a very clear implication of gay sex. Mm-hmm. And even that, you know, it's kind of sad. But 
even that is very shocking, mm -hmm. right? Be yeah. Even even though you have a ton of music videos where you can almost see a fucking vagina, you know, oh yeah, the guy's 100%. fucking like, <laughs> like they may as well just be straight up porn. Yeah, no. I know they're like a dime a dozen at this point, and mm -hmm. um, and, and, and you know. And, uh, and and so it's it's sad that that even even the implication of it is so shocking and so groundbreaking. But also, I'm really happy mm -hmm. that that happened. So good for him and good for Sony for not being wussies and backing him in his uh, musical, uh, yeah, in his, in yeah, his art. Basically, totally agreed. Honestly, Lil Nas X could whip his dick out in a music video. He could jerk himself <laughs> off for the music video. I would be in full support. You know, he just, I mean, I'd watch, so, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Okay. Oh, because we do have to get into some stuff. Last thing I'm going to mention is um, Malignant. Oh, dude. Okay. Did you watch Malignant? Have you seen no, it? No, I've heard a lot about it. Oh, wait. Did I tell you that it's on HBO Max and, you sh and that you should watch it? Yes. Yes, you did. Okay. Um, I will not spoil it then because just for you, I wouldn't care about the listeners. I would totally spoil it if you had seen it, but you haven't seen it and I want you to watch it. So I won't spoil it, Aww, but Malignant is the new movie by James Wan. You know, he did the first saw he's done the first two conjuring movies. He did this very underrated and critically panned movie in 2006, I think called dead silence, which, um, is definitely not a highlight of his career, but I, it's a highlight for me. It's about puppets who kill. And, um, he also did this movie <laughs> and it's crazy because you watch the trailers for this movie and they're very very misleading definitely intentionally so i think because the studio didn't really know how to market it besides oh it's like another conjuring movie but it's not that at all this movie is campy and it's fun and it knows that it's campy it's self-aware and it's really kind of balls to the wall and i love that about it because so like camp and horror basically ended in like the mid 90s and it hasn't been back in forever or at least not in the mainstream all horror movies nowadays are super serious and somber and dark and shit and um this is different and i this gives me hope for camp and horror. Whoa, you know the fact that yeah a major yeah that a major studio uh you know had james wan do this and was willing to release it and everything wow i yeah. didn't know that it was like camp that i want to watch it wow yeah, I mean, it's not camp and, like, they're literally cracking jokes throughout the movie. It's more so the concept of the movie is very much... It doesn't care about how realistic it is. Um, like, you know, like... Yeah, like... Yeah. Like, you, you watch all these serious horror movies about ghosts or about cryptids or about whatever, and they're very seriously trying to ground that in the real world and, you know, explain it so that, like, oh, it could happen to you. Mm -hmm. This movie's just like, you know what? The, it just wants to explore a concept, and if you don't like it, too bad. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's there. Um, anyway, everyone go watch Malignant, support this kind of film so that this kind of film keeps being made. Um, the last thing I want is you know, a Conjuring 6, 7, and 8, and a, the Nun 3, 4, 5. I mean, I'll still watch him because I'm trash, but uh, it's just, it's getting old. <sighs> anyway, welcome to Scary Talk, everyone. Today, <laughs> today we're gonna... Is there anything you want to talk about, Sunny, before we jump into this? No, all I wanted to get in was my kitten news, so I'm ready to go. Okay. Um, and thank God because we're 24 minutes in. <laughs> I know. I, I just know for a fact we're going at least a little bit over an hour today because it's just gonna happen so we might as well get into this let's um, go today we're talking about the assassination of john f kennedy um literally how to introduce this topic i mean it's 
I would dare say it is, at least in America, top three biggest conspiracies of all time. Right? You have 9-11, mm -hmm. you have the assassination of this guy, and then you have... Um... I mean, oh, there's a moon? Bunch of conspiracies that I can think of. Moon landing? Oh, well, no. Oh, the moon landing. There you go. Actually, yes. The, I would put that there. I don't know which one's number one or two or three, but those are the top three. Mm-hmm. For sure. Not, like, my top three favorites, but just the top three that, like, everyone knows about them. They're huge. They're never going to end. Um, so, naturally, <laughs> we decided to not let ourselves rest and cover this for our uh, second to last episode. Exactly. So and. In covering it, we will be able to put the topic to rest. You know, we will be able to give you a conclusion that you can take home, be confident in, and never have to think about it again. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that is what the show does with anything it covers. So, And I also don't feel like thinking about it much more after I talk about it a bunch tonight. So we are the definitive source for the conclusion on this conspiracy. Exactly. Um, we're the if experts. you don't like it... If you don't like it, I'm sorry you don't like truth. Um, <laughs> maybe you should go check yourself. But anyway, Sonny, fucking get us started. Let's rev up. All right. So John Fitzgerald Kennedy. By the way, I never knew his middle name was Fitzgerald. You hear JFK or John Fancy. F. Kennedy all the time. I feel like it's because Fitzgerald mm -hmm. is such a dorky name. Um, but he was assassinated on Friday, November 22nd, 1963 at 12.30 p.m. in Dallas, Texas. So, long story short, he was in Texas trying to kind of unite the Texas Democrats with other Democrats for his upcoming re-election in the presidential election. However, while he was riding through the town on like a 45-minute slow drive with the top down in a convertible, why was he doing that? Please let me know. Please. Um... He was riding around with his wife and with the governor of Texas and the governor of Texas's wife, and um, he was shot. Now, he was sitting behind, if you can imagine, you can think JFK on the right back side of the car with his wife to his left, mm -hmm. and then in front of mm -hmm. him, not in the passenger yet, because this was a limo, so it was in the next row up, um, is the governor of texas with his wife to his left and then in front of them is the last row with the driver's seat and passenger seat where there's a couple of i think it was secret service officers there so mm -hmm. the um the governor does get wounded in the blast his name's governor Connolly, um but he makes it through but jfk does not his wife tries his poor wife his wife tries to hold in his brains as he's rushed to the hospital and he's pretty much pronounced dead on the spot so oh my god yes shortly after his death um they find the man who uh, assassinated him oswald and he's charged with murder interestingly harvey lee oswald right oh lee harvey oswald yeah yes so interestingly enough lee harvey oswald is being moved from one jail to another when he is assassinated by who is this uh i know his last name is ruby jack ruby assassinated jack by jack ruby, ruby. Yeah. and then a few years later jack ruby is in prison and he dies but to be fair jack ruby dies in 1967 which is about four years later and it does seem like mm -hmm. it's of natural causes so we have this really weird chain of deaths going on where jfk is shot oswald is shot Jack Ruby is, or Jack Ruby dies. So basically, like any chain of information there is about 
the killing of JFK is cut off. So in response, a committee is formed that December, because this is all happening in November. So really within a couple weeks after his death, because it's in early December, uh, called the Warren Commission. The Warren Commission is meant to investigate all this stuff. It's made up of seven lovely older white men. I swear to God, looking at these photos, Andre, it was like I was getting whiplash. whiplash. It was like, oh, look, another white man in his 60s or 70s. I wonder who the next one will be. And it was just, you know, it was the same across the board. Um, but we all know that um, old white men have the best judgment. That's why we've ended up with the best country with the best system. So, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so they do this commission. And the commission concludes that um, Lee Harvey Oswald was working alone. And so was Jack Ruby. Um, and again, Oswald being the one who assassinated JFK, Jack Ruby being the one who assassinated Lee Oswald. Um, which, of course, received a lot of scrutiny. Um, and I think that there were two or three more government bodies formed in the decades after to reinvestigate. And more, I will say, more information has come out over the years. There's some super interesting stuff about CIA involvement. Um, but yeah, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, for sure. Especially when you start to read more about some of the actors involved here. Like, these are some real personalities that we're dealing with in terms of Oswald and Jack Ruby as well. Um, but that is the overview. Thoughts? Concerns? Right. Um, I mean, you, you gave a very much basic and also very official overview, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of like the elevator pitch that any like government agent would be like, yep, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and... And anyway, that's the show, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> yes, that is what we will be covering today. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I will say I can so, read some more about Jack Ruby because I think that is some of the most interesting stuff and some stuff about the CIA's involvement. But No, I, I, I'll have you do that um, in a second. I'm just going to mm -hmm. say, like, yeah, that's that's basically the overview. We're, like, the meat of this, I think, is going to be us discussing... Um, our thoughts on every aspect of the conspiracies that I'll be bringing up later on. Um, so get ready for that, everyone. Um, but yes, please tell me more about Jack Ruby and, and Oswald. Um, yes. So first off, Jack Ruby, just because I think he's incredibly interesting, um, was a little bit dull, it seems like. I don't really know how else to... Just his description is so interesting. When he was a kid, he had the nickname Sparky or Spark Plug because he resembled a slow-moving horse in the neighborhood called Sparky. Okay, okay. just putting that out there. Um, he also hated being called Sparky and would fight anyone who called him that, which I feel like confirms that it was like kind of used to make fun of him. So he gets older and he becomes like this kind of club manager and gets involved in all this underground stuff, all the classics, um, you know, alcohol, maybe some prostitution and drugs. Um, and as he's this older guy, um, he still is like weird. There's just these descriptions of people talking about him. Here's some quotes. Ruby was described by those who knew him as a kook, totally unpredictable, a psycho, and suffering from some form of disturbance. Apparently, he would take off his shirt in social gatherings and then hit his chest like a gorilla or roll around on the floor, um, you know, change the topic suddenly mid-sentence. I mean, I support that. I do that. 
Um, maybe this is just me. Um, you know, would like totally go back and forth on what or, whether he would let guests into the club, had a really bad temper. Um, his mom was admitted to a mental hospital when he was younger and like, it didn't seem like he came from a very like safe family environment either. Just the, the picture that you get of him is like weird. And so mm -hmm. on the one hand, it's like, well, maybe someone this weird and unpredictable would be set off by the assassination of JFK and be like, oh my God, I've got to kill the guy who killed JFK, my idol. Cause he is recorded saying something about not wanting JFK's wife to have to like go to to trial or something. On the other hand, it's like, when this guy is so, I don't know, like, strange, um, would it have been more probable for other people to have influenced him, right? Like, either with money or, I don't know, coercing right. him you're, you're or whatever. You're saying he was, he, was, he was bought out, maybe used as a patsy. Maybe, just because he was a little off, for sure. I mean, yeah, he was... 56 when he died so he was about 53 um when he shot so i mean he was he was an older guy i'm i'm not sh i feel like in my mind just looking at his personality the more likely thing is is him like having something weird set him off he doesn't seem like he'd be easily bribed either that though or he could be influenced by someone somehow for sure I mean, um, he was a nightclub owner, and there's a lot of speculation that he was dealing with the mafia. So, like, if he wasn't influenced, mm. there's a very good chance that he was just straight up forced by them to do this. Now, I don't know why the mafia would want... Well, I can think of a couple reasons. So, you know, maybe it's not even that he was influenced. Maybe it's, like, that the mafia, who were, like, his bosses to some extent, were like, okay, you're gonna kill this guy, and, you know, if you end up going to jail for it, that's the price you gotta pay, otherwise we're gonna kill you, or something. Yeah. Um, also, to yeah. add a little bit of spice, he never married, he had no children, and he was living, at the time, he was living with the man, George Senator, who referred to him as my boyfriend during the original hearing, and later, later on was like, oh, no, no, we're not lovers, we're not gay. So they were roommates, oh. as they say. Um, <laughs> just another interesting tidbit. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, they were roommates. Um, uh, anything you want to say about Lee Harvey Oswald? Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, I don't have super strong opinions on, which, to be fair, he's pretty cute, so I'd be interested in think hearing what you think. Um, but it is interesting. Wait, you say he's pretty cute? <laughs> no, 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 I meant... I, that's not what I meant to say if I did. I meant I was, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about him. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah, I do think it's interesting because this is going on at the peak of, like, the Cold War. And he is from Soviet Union, um, from Russia, right? And he also, mm -hmm. he never admits to the assassination, at least that I've read from. Like, in the time before he died, he consistently denied that he was involved. But then, of course, like there was a lot of very clear evidence against him. So I thought that was interesting right. too. Um, and he was a former Marine. So I don't know that, that already to me is a red flag. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. What thoughts do you have on Oswald? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because he, well, at least they claimed for the years that he had Soviet ties, but like, you know, he was born in fucking Louisiana. So were his parents, at least his mom for sure. But his dad was also American. Like, none of them mm. were from the Soviet Union. Oh, okay, and... okay. Oh, and it, it, apparently he was a cousin of Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general. So, <laughs> grew yeah, up in the friend. South, cousin of a Confederate. We're starting to get a, a school shooter vibe here. I can see that for him. 
Yeah. I mean, I can see that, but not the not the Soviet thing. I mean, mm-hmm. he did marry um, this Russian woman. Her name was Marina, and he lived in Belarus for a while. But one, Belarus is in Russia, and two, you're not your wife. So, like, you know, him specifically, I guess, besides the marriage, if you want to put it that way, didn't really have any Soviet ties for most of his life. Mm. Definitely not before the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to me, it feels like something that really just try to put on him. I think that, you know, once they picked him as a patsy, however it took place, you know, they being the CIA, um, that they were like, okay, you know, what can we kind of like add on to this guy's backstory to make it more convincing that he was the guy and i wonder if they saw that you know his wife happened to be russian and they were like okay soviet ties but i'm getting ahead of myself i think let's jump into the conspiracy theories so brah (laughs) it is almost comical how much information there is on the assassination conspiracy theories like like, I could barely finish reading it and then processing all of it. There's so fucking much. So I'm really going to have to cut here. But, I mean, you, I doubt you guys came here for a comprehensive fucking overview of every single conspiracy theory on this. Um, but let's do this anyway. So, um, should I start with my favorite conspiracy theory or least favorite? Okay, you know what? Let's start with my favorite conspiracy theory. And honestly, the one that I believe the most. So... I straight up think that basically, okay, this is all alleged. <laughs> CIA, don't come for me. Um, but I am pretty convinced, and I was convinced of this before we ever, you know, did research for this episode, um, that JFK was killed by the military industrial complex because he was trying to um, avoid further conflict with Vietnam and basically avoid the full-out war that we ended up having that divided the nation for decades, right? So I completely... Um, okay, I'm I have sure, to say yeah. out the gate, I completely agree. Um, and I will read... Right. I have, yeah. like, yeah, other stuff with the CIA that's pretty interesting, but yeah. I mean, there's, like, a ton of conspiracy theories that are either adjacent to that or something other players but like none of them convinced me as much as this one mm-hmm. you know like oh the vice president wanted to be president he wanted to take over so he had him killed nah george hw bush had some weird reason uh, that he wanted to get him killed and also he was never able to confirm where he was the day of the uh, assassination even though it's public records that he was at this one place and how could he have forgotten that so therefore he was involved and it's like uh, but why what was the motive or you know there's a shit ton of shit like fucking uh, the mafia you know he was in trouble with the mafia and something something the other and something about him being a uh, um, uh, Catholic and something and the mafia didn't like or did like an Italian and it's like so convoluted and just does not ring at all for me um, but money <laughs> does and if the military industrial complex was looking at losing a lot of money you know missing out on a very 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 big payout uh, from this investment that would be basically funding the war in Vietnam um, I think they very well may have spoken to the CIA and also the CIA was in concordance with them and was like, yep, this is not the kind of leadership that we want in the White House because this is an unprofitable, you know, to our interests. And so they conspired to have him killed. Like, that's really not that wild of an idea to me. Um, No, I agree. I think that's (laughs) definitely the most likely in my eyes as well. (sighs) Yeah, so... um, Let's get into this a little bit more. Um, okay. There was a farewell speech given 
by President Dwight D. Eisenhower before he left office on January 17, 1961. And in that speech, he warns the nation about the power of the military establishment and the arms industry, which is very interesting because nowadays I feel like the, that complex and the people in office are so in cahoots that there's no way that they would ever um, speak ill of the complex. But I guess in the 60s, uh, you know, hippie vibes and also things were different and more disparate. And so you had presidents basically shit talking the military, the military industrial complex. Um, interesting stuff. But this guy said that, quote, in the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. And there's a lot of conspiracy theorists that have argued that Kennedy planned to end the involvement of the U.S. in Vietnam, as I mentioned, uh, you know, partly influenced by his predecessor in the office, Eisenhower. Mm -hmm. um, and long story short, like I said, the, the complex in the CIA, and some would argue even the Pentagon, um, conspired to have him killed because they didn't want to lose, you know, these defense contracts. It was a lot of money and whatnot. Um, there is a former Texas senator who gave a really good quote that I like. His name is uh, Ralph Yarborough, and he gave this quote in 1991 that said, Had Kennedy lived, I think we would have had no Vietnam War with all of its traumatic and divisive influences in America. I think we would have escaped that. And that really hit me because, you know, this was obviously before either of us, but I had to learn a shit ton about it in like eighth grade and i also just know about it generally and i know that it was fucking terrible mm -hmm. and um i mean what is there to say about it it was super duper terrible um there were a shit ton of people who died um i don't know how, how worse does it get like mm -hmm. and if we could have avoided that the fact that we potentially didn't because of the you know monetary interest of these agents it, of these actors is very, very saddening if that's, if that's really what happened. Um, there's uh, an Oliver Stone film titled JFK, which basically explores the possibility of this conspiracy. And um, it very much paints um, JFK's assassination as kind of like a coup d'etat, which is what it would be if you subscribe to the idea that it was an, you know, inside government conspiracy to take him out. It would be a coup d'etat. And that's a big fucking deal. Um, a very successful coup d'etat, if you think about it, because it's not like the populace turned against its, against its own government. And they didn't do so because if this theory is true, the actors in the theory were very good at picking a patsy and sticking to it and putting the blame on a scapegoat. So... You know, they got to do their coup and not have to face any repercussions for it as far as, you know, the public wanting to overthrow the government. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. And I was reading from apparently a 2014, like, newer account published by an old CIA agent. Talks about, like, um, CIA agents were instructed to respond only reactively and passively to the investigation around JFK's death, um, not with any particular reason. And, um, you know, the reasoning they make now is like, oh, well, we didn't want to, like, ignite any more controversy or, you know, cause any issues. But it's like, I think, I think this is pretty clearly a time where you should be the most forthcoming with information ever, you know, like, 
the president's been assassinated. Isn't that when the CIA should be like doing maximum investigation or something? Um, And yet they were told to react to like only respond when they had to basically. Um, That is pretty fascinating and to me pretty incriminating. Like if the CIA weren't the ones behind it, then they had some skin in the game for not getting whoever it was found out. I don't know. That's right. <sighs> sketchy as all it's hell. It's funny. Mm. Like, if you had ex- tried to explain this to me a couple of years ago, I don't think I would have understood because I don't, I didn't understand how there would be a separation between what you, you know, you call quote unquote the government and any one of its agencies like the CIA. Um, but uh yeah spoilers everyone the president is not nearly as powerful as you think he is <laughs> he or she is <laughs> um has to flower power um yeah really and not only not only that right it's not only power it's also knowledge like the president is also not as there are agencies in the government that have to you know in my head Put on the facade of responding to any government requests and you know they're working for the federal government and the federal government is headed by the president but i feel that these agencies very much also operate in secret with a ton of shit just on their own and they don't have to respond to anyone and if someone pressures them to respond they can very much do what they did to jfk like what i'm trying to say is that the it's like the president very much you know this is just a conspiracy theory but the president very much represents just a figurehead for the people but it's not where the actual power lies right the actual power lies with the actors that operate in the shadows and do all the things that we are never aware of and that we'll never be aware of like the kind of shit that's never gonna you know that you're never gonna find because you mm-hmm. you know put in a request for the freedom of information act like totally, no totally. it's all fucking secret plus don't forget um, that the cia was wilding at this time like if you remember we talked about project northwoods and that was a cia mm-hmm. proposal that jfk basically sink an empty u.s ship and pretend that it was a terrorist attack from Cuba so that we would have a reason to attack Cuba. That was a real proposal right. from them. Like, that is crazy. Right. Like, reading that really made me rethink my thoughts on conspiracy theories because I was like, wait, they really yeah. do do and this stuff, of, you know? Like, Maybe a lot of people don't know that and don't know that the government does stuff like that or at least did stuff like that, you know, benefit of the doubt for a long time, for decades. But, like, if you do know this, I don't understand how you could be at all shocked that, <laughs> like, that maybe there is a shadow government and maybe there are a lot of decisions made that are never, like, hello, why am I even talking about this? Like, don't, <laughs> like, your government lies to you all the time. All the time. Um, shocker, hi, spoiler. Um, so there's that. And yes, thank you for bringing up Project Northwood. That was a really good example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this is the same, you know, there's an example from literally JFK's presidency. Like that was a proposal presented to him that he turned down. So this is the same CIA operating during the time where he was killed. It's pretty wild. Right. Um, so I guess I'll get into more like conspiracy theories in a moment, but you know, we've just covered the one that's at least my favorite um but now instead of covering more i want to jump onto like more um more verifiable facts right like like the 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 overall conspiracy theory is you know the military industrial complex did it and you know that's what i believe but 
Um, there's not a lot that I can say about that besides just like statements from people who've written books, you know, in order to support mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I want to talk more about the actual events of the day that are much more verifiable and also don't have to do with any one conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. They more so debunk. They more so just debunk the official statement. So, for example, the official Warren Commission comes out and is like, "Yep, lone gunman, lo- lone gunman theory." Right, that's basically um, what they end up going with because they state that they think that Harvey Lee Oswald operated, sorry, Lee Harvey Oswald operated on his own with no aid, and that's where the term "lone gunman" theory comes from. From a lot of people believing that that's not the case, and they try to challenge that. So, how do people challenge that? Let's talk about the events of the day. So, um, you know, you say yourself around noon, the president is in his. Uh, what do you call it? The fucking parade? No, wrong word. Anyway, in the car. They're doing the thing. And the Warren Commission concluded that all the shots fired at the president came from the sixth floor. This is important. Sixth floor window at the southeast corner of the Texas School Book Depository. The commission based its conclusion on the quote unquote cumulative evidence of eyewitnesses, firearms, and ballistic experts and medical authorities, which included online testing, uh, on online testing, on-site testing, as well as analysis of films and photos that were conducted by the FBI and the Secret Service at the time. Um, okay, but then what happens? In 1979, uh, I think you mentioned earlier that there was multiple investigations if she didn't mention it there were multiple investigations besides the warren commission mm-hmm. like 10 basically after them going up till pretty much present day this is never going to end like i said um uh, but in 1979 one of these different investigations called the house select committee on assassinations agreed to publish a report from warren commission critic robert groden in which this guy robert names nearly two dozen suspected firing points in Dealey Plaza. Dealey Plaza being the, I don't know if you've heard the term, grassy knoll. People say that about this conspiracy theory. The grassy knoll they're referring to is the grass in front of Dealey Plaza, which is this, like, just random-ass plaza. Anyway. Um, These sites included multiple locations in or on the roof of the Texas School Book Depository. Remember, I mentioned that. And the Dal Tex building the Dallas County Records Building, the Triple Overpass, a storm drain located along the north curb curb of Elm Street, Elm Street being the street that the president was on when he was shot, and the Grassy Knoll, which again is the grass in front of Dealey Plaza. So basically, this guy, who is a critic of the original commission, his name is Robert Grodin, is like, there's 12 different places that I think the shots could have actually come from that isn't the sixth floor, you know, window of this fucking building. And why didn't you guys, like, investigate this? Like, hello, how did you reach this conclusion? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Uh, it's crazy because like I get the feeling that the Warren Commission well I don't even get the feeling there's a ton of information on this article about how like it may have all just been a cover up piece of bullshit Uh, the Warren Commission very much gives um, the public at the time the confidence that they need in the government by basically saying we know exactly what happened we know how and why it happened and we know who did it but like it's very much meant to not have people freak out because when you look at any other one of the nine you know subsequent investigations it's like uh no it's very inconclusive we don't know what happened we don't know why it happened and you know you can see that the warren commission 
was very much meant to appease people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also why the results of that commission came out in like days. Like that's how fast the investigation was. Yeah, and oh. it's like so determined to like put to rest any conspiracy theories that I feel like it just ignited them. You know, it's like yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, it's funny because yeah. some of the people. Go ahead. Well, it just it also like doesn't publish any like accessible information. It publishes like an eight hundred and eighty eight page report and then twenty six volumes of witness accounts. Who's going to read that? Who has the time to read that? No one. I don't even know how they produced that much. I feel like it's so clearly not made for people to actually like read and access so much as to say like, okay, we're telling you officially nothing happened. Right. I can't believe that they produced it genuinely, you know, that they interviewed 200 people in a couple of days because, you know, they have the manpower to do that. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that the conclusions they're drawing from those interviews are as definitive as they make them seem Mm -hmm. because the language in the Warren Commission papers is very, very definitive. Like when they talk about Harvey Lee Oswald, for example, they say that the Warren Commission has concluded that, and this is just going off the top of my head, the Harvey Lee, the the Warren Commission has concluded that Harvey Lee Oswald um, had, what did they say earlier? That he was not aided, that he acted alone and that he had no connections to any known conspiracy theory. So basically, you know, watching the, the CIA, like putting the CIA conspiracy theory that was happening even at the time, um, you know, putting that out of people's minds, right? So, and it's funny that you mentioned the, so the people who were asked to participate in the commission, you know, it was a ton of government officials and a ton of them um, were extremely reluctant to participate mostly because they expressed concern that doing this commission would fuel conspiracy theories more than appease the public. And it's not that it didn't appease the public. Like I say, there wasn't like an uprising because of this, because people, I think, decided to swallow that. Oh, yeah, it must have been, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald, whatever. But it also did, you know, the, the fears of these people were also correct. Like, it did also fuel a ton of conspiracy theory and kind of make matters worse. Um, Absolutely. So you're right about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So where the shots came from... Okay, I need, let's continue. So film and photographic evidence of the assassination has led viewers to different conclusions regarding the origin of the shots. So this is, this is kind of like the stuff that when you watch a JFK assassination conspiracy documentary, the stuff they really focus on. Like, where did the shots come from? How many shots were there? Because, you know, I think these documentaries think that like that really changes things. In my opinion, it doesn't really do much because like, if you conclude that, oh, actually it wasn't a lone gunman, there were two, that's still, you're still not saying anything about why it happened. Like, that's kind, of, that's kind of why I wanted to lead with the why on this episode. And the why for me was fucking the industrial complex. The military industrial complex wanted to take him out. Yeah, uh, but anyway. I mean, I agree. But if there were a second gunman, that would mean that they would have had to plan the timing together and that we still hadn't caught one. And, you know, that one was kind right. of let free. So it is interesting, but I agree. I don't think it's, like, central. It's, an inter- it's interesting, but it's not the why. But I still mm-hmm. talk about it. You know, it's, it's not going to take long. And I, and I do think it is, like, the nitty-gritty of this is very, very interesting still. So, anyway, when the fatal shot struck, the president's head and upper torso moved backwards, according to... Um, it's crazy, because, like, every single sentence of this, I've read other sources that are like, no, actually, that's wrong. So I have to, like, make fucking caveats for everything. So... You know, okay, so when the fatal shot struck, the president's head and upper torso moved backwards. And this is, like, taken, like, from the Warren Commission papers that investigated the Saprooter film 
and that's where they got that notion from. The Sapper film, long story short, is a motion picture taken by this guy. His name was Abraham Sapruder on the day that it happened. It's like the best footage that we have of the assassination. And that's what's called a Sapruder film. And But the thing is that like some people uh, directly contradict that the president's head and upper torso moved backwards when he was shot, that he actually moved forward. Um, and that the reason people think he moved backwards is because the Sapruder film skips at a weird point at a specific frame, but that if you look at it closely, he moved actually uh, frontwards and not backwards. Girl, I have no fucking idea. Like, I guess... <laughs> I know, right, I'm like so, trying like, to interpret makes... this, like, uh, okay. <laughs> my, my point being that, like, people can't even agree on how the president's body moved his head moved when he was shot which makes it near impossible to definitively conclude in what direction the shot came from right that's what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. so right like was she shot from the north end of elm street or the south end or from the side and from the fucking sixth floor window Mm -hmm. um so and it's weird that people can't remember honestly because wouldn't everyone's attention be focused on him you know, you would think with like, the mean, president going down that more people would be looking at him and seeing. But I guess you, I don't you can still remember it differently and stuff, even if you're watching closely. Not only that, but um, even if you have a great memory, it's like you remember what happened and where you were. But I doubt that you were paying the closest of attention to what temple the president was shot in. Like, I doubt you were... I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not necessarily, really. Okay. So Sherry Gutierrez, a certified crime scene and bloodstain pattern analyst, concluded that the quote-unquote head injury to President Kennedy was the result of a single gunshot fired from the right front of the president. Paul Chambers believes that the fatal headshot is consistent with a high-velocity rifle rather than the medium-velocity rifle that the Warren Commission claims that Lee Harvey Oswald used. Okay, so already different theories. Although it has been thought that Sapruder film frames 312 and 313 show Kennedy's head moving forward before moving backwards, close inspection of the frame show the head actually pivoted downwards, which is what I was talking about earlier. Uh, I think I said it wrong, but this is what I actually meant to say. Um, Anthony Marsh suggests that it was the deceleration of the car by driver William Greer that caused Kennedy's head to move in this manner, just as he was hit from the front, while others, including Josiah Thompson, Robert Grodin, and Cyril Wecht, suggest his head was hit by two near-simultaneous bullets, one from the rear and the other from the right front. I just wanted to read this excerpt from the article that I was investigating because... It just shows you the absolute chaos of opinions that there is regarding even where this guy was fucking shot from. Mm -hmm. So, girl, I don't really have an opinion on where he was shot from. To me, that's of lesser importance than the greater conspiracy theory. But, uh, I don't know. Um, But, speaking of shots, there was something very interesting that I want to talk about. And that was actually my introduction to this conspiracy theory like 15 years ago umbrella man bitch Hmm. umbrella man okay i don't know if you've heard about this no (laughs) this is wild okay (laughs) okay so if you watch the sapruder film Mm -hmm. um there is uh that's like like the film that catches it best apparently there's some people who took photos of the event and so they ended up capturing it but 
The so-called Umbrella Man was one of the closest bystanders to the president when he was first struck, and this guy has become the subject of conspiracy theories after footage of the assassination showed him holding an open umbrella as the motorcade passed. Oh, that's the fucking word I've tried to remember earlier. Motorcade. As his motorcade passed, despite the fact that it was not raining at the time. And when I first learned of this, like, years ago, I was like, okay, well, it was sunny. You know, people use umbrellas as, like, shade. Um, but apparently it wasn't that sunny, and so people are like, no, that's cap. That's not what happened. Um, one, conspir one conspiracy theory proposes that a dart, <laughs> this is how I was introduced to this theory, okay? A dart with paralyzing with a paralyzing agent could have been fired from the umbrella, disabling Kennedy and making him a sitting duck for an assassination. Um... The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, he was already a sitting duck, you know? I'm not even, I feel like right. that's just overkill. Like, you said it yourself. One, he was sitting in this car. What? Like, it's not like he can, you can move a lot. Like, you're in the seat of the car. And two, he had no, um, the, the car had no roof. So, like, I don't think you needed the extra, you know, like, the dart to, like, make him sedated or something. Also, there's not, like, any accounts of people saying that, like, he seemed off, you know, in the seconds leading up to him being shot. I don't know. So, like, mm -hmm. I don't know about this. But anyway... Uh, apparently, uh, there was this guy who came forward. <laughs> His name is Louis Stephen Witt, and in 1978, this is what, 15 years later, he came forward and identified himself as the Umbrella Man. And he said that apparently, he like, no, there's no fucking dart, that he had the umbrella because he was heckling Kennedy and protesting the appeasement policies of the president's father, Joseph Kennedy. And he said um, to this uh, house committee, which is really interesting, this quote, he said, I think if the Guinness Book Guinness Book of World Records had a category for people who were at the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing. I would be number one in that position without even a close runner-up. So <laughs> if this is the guy, this is, you know, really funny. Um, but of course, there's people that say that there's inconsistencies with the story and that he's there's no way he's actually the Umbrella Man. I don't know. You know yeah. There's still a possibility. I think that's very, very funny, though. Um... Yeah, let's um let's touch on racism for about fifteen seconds. So apparently, mm -hmm. Umbrella Man. There's a photo of Umbrella Man sitting on a sidewalk next to this dark complected man. That's literally how he's referred to, the dark complected man. Um, this is very famous photograph of them too sitting on the sidewalk after the assassination. The Umbrella Man is no longer holding his umbrella, and um, this guy is uh, Louis Stephen Wood says you know the guy who came to see him claims to be the umbrella man says that he doesn't remember him at all and uh but the problem is that this guy's dark complexion led to a shit ton of conspiracy theories at the time that there was cuban government involvement and that this dark guy was cuban oh or like cuban gosh. exile or something and that you know because of obvious reasons you know bay of pigs cuba fidel castro at the time that he was involved in, in the assassination so i mean that's I genuinely don't... insane I don't think that he couldn't have been involved just because he was dark. It's more so that, like, uh, there's, like, so many other much more believable um, actors here. Yeah. That I, like, Your unconscious yeah, this is so is showing, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> um, beyond this, there are literally one trillion conspiracy theories, but again, I didn't actually expect us to cover all these in this episode. And also most of them i don't know that i'd even cover if we had the time because like i just straight up don't believe him at all i don't know if there's anything else you want to add um 
No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, um, I I can give you a a small tidbit of the, uh, of one of the other ones that I think, like, maybe has something to it, but still not quite. But it's funny, because, like, even the ones that I think are super, like, out-of-pocket and crazy and make no sense, they still have fucking pages and pages and pages of information about them. Which is fair. You know, people can believe different things. And so they contribute to different things. But I don't know about this one. It's the Lyndon B. Johnson conspiracy. Oh, um, that's interesting. Yeah, so there's a 2003 Gallup poll that indicated that 20% of Americans suspected Lyndon B. Johnson of being involved in the assassination of Kennedy. And I'd only assume that since conspiracy theories are more popular nowadays, that if they were to retake that poll, the number would be higher. And 20% is already a high number. Um, That's, what, 60-something million people? That's, you know, in the U.S. So critics of the Warren Commission have accused Johnson of plotting the assassination because he quote-unquote disliked the Kennedys and feared that he would be dropped from the Democratic ticket for the 1964 election. And I don't think this is why Kennedy died, but the reason I like this theory more than the other ones that I also don't think are true is because this one actually does have a good amount of like shit backing it up, which is kind of kind of weird. Because like, okay, maybe this is it. I don't know what's going on. So here's the thing: I want to know this... what the Kennedy family thinks. Because I bet they oh, like okay. have as much info as anyone. Um. Oh my God! I have literally ten articles open, so I can't find the one that said this. But I know that I read this. Robert Kennedy is the oh my God the nephew. Yeah, the nephew of John F. Kennedy. This is like an old man now, but this guy thinks that there was definitely a conspiracy that there wasn't a lone gunman and that you know the conspiracy had some government actors in it and this is the nephew of the president so yeah that's what, as I far feel as like, like the other family as, members think yeah that's as solid as it gets well yeah, everyone basically, I mean, we live in a society yeah as far as what the other family members think um like Jackie Kennedy didn't say much about this ever during her lifetime and she's now dead and like what was the um president's brother's name that like died on a plane accident um maybe I'm thinking of his son actually but the point is that like the point is that a lot of the Kennedys are dead and the Kennedy especially the Kennedys who were there at the time are dead so and not only dead but they didn't say much about this I wonder why or what the reason is while they were alive Mm-hmm. So there isn't a lot of family input, to be frank. At least not that I could find here. But um, let me finish this up. So there's this journalist, um, Max Holland. And according to him, the first published allegation that Johnson perpetrated the assassination of Kennedy appeared in Penn Jones Jr.'s book, Forgive My Grief, self-published in May 1966, three years after the attack. In the book, Jones provides excerpts of a letter purported to have been authored by Jack Ruby charging Lyndon B. Johnson with the murder of the president. (laughs) This is insane. With his 1968 book, The Dark Side of Lyndon Baines Johnson, Joaquin Jostin is credited by Bugliosi as being the first conspiracy author to accuse Johnson of having a role in the assassination and thereby bringing this theory to the mainstream. But what I really want to focus on was the fucking letter that this first author claims that Jack Ruby wrote charging LBJ with a murder. I would love to see that. What the, the thing hell? is, if Jack um, Ruby really thought that it was LBJ, why would he have murdered Oswald? I don't... 
Well, I think I think the letter. I mean, the the the, the contents of the letter aren't in the article, but I'm assuming the letter more so says like. I'm being well, just like just like Lee Harvey Oswald. He he was like, I'm a patsy. I assume that Jack Ruby in this letter also said something similar, like I'm a patsy. I was hired by LBJ and um, uh, yeah, to kill Harvey Oswald, and and that's how I know that LBJ did it. And he's behind all of it because you know he orchestrated all of it, including using uh, Oswald as a patsy as well. Yeah. Well, um, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Um, imagine how tired we are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, without going over it, I can just tell you there's a J George H. W. Bush conspiracy, like I said earlier. There's the uh, everlasting Cuban government conspiracy, um, which I'm not even going to get into. And there's the Soviet government conspiracy, which I definitely don't believe. I mean, the Cold War was happening at the time, but the Warren Commission found no evidence that the Soviet Union was involved. Not that that commission is the most trustworthy, but uh, also the House Select Committee, which happened later on, that commission also found no evidence. And there's uh, like the a thing is, reserve conspiracy. JFK didn't yeah. seem very trigger happy, so I don't know why the Soviet <laughs> Union would be frustrated with him there's about 1,000 more conspiracy theories. And if you guys would like to uh, go down that rabbit hole, I very much recommend that you do your research. It is supremely interesting, but it is also supremely lengthy. And uh, that's what we have for you today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would say let us know what you want us to talk about next episode, but that's already set. So sorry, y'all. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember to check us out everywhere y'all know where we're at instagram twitter at talk scary and uh say hi sunny anything else um no thank you for listening thank you all for listening uh the mothman is real and try to never piss off the cia <laughs> uh we'll talk to you soon for the last time goodbye goodbye